Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in-depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Today, we are joined by several members of our Christians Engage Board of Directors. Combined, these individuals have wisdom and personal experience that represents a diverse swath of Christian voters and their values, and they will be discussing voting patterns within Christian communities. Hey everyone, this is Bunny Pounds with Christians Engaged, back with another episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Today we have a really important topic and I'm pulling in a whole bunch of our Christians Engaged board members to talk about voting patterns among believers. Uh, specifically, you know, we're a Texas-based ministry, so we're going to talk a little bit about Texas numbers, but also talk about national numbers, talk about the Hispanic community, Latino community, the African-American community. We're going to talk about the importance of general elections, primaries, constitutional amendment elections, city elections. Oh, we got so much to cover today. So thank y'all for joining us. I want to introduce you to our board members. First of all, I want to introduce you to Jamie McCain. Jamie is a co-pastor with her husband, Adam McCain, at Church on the Hill in Cedar Hill. Um, they also lead a network of churches, and uh, she was on the city council for, in, city, in Cedar Hill and also ran for mayor. Welcome, Jamie McCain. Thank you, Bunny. It's an honor to get to be here today. Oh, well, we're excited to break down um, the importance of city government with you, Jamie. Um, also, I've got Dorothy Brooks. Dorothy, it comes to us here in my hometown in Garland. She is the um, National Day of Prayer Coordinator here in Garland and uh, ministers to a lot of city officials and has been politically active for a long time. So Dorothy Brooks. Hi there. Good morning. So good to have you with us. Thank you. Then we've got Scott Bauer on our board all the way from big Victoria, Texas. Uh, Scott was a reluctant political activist, uh, got involved when his best friend, Congressman Michael Cloud, ran for Congress and is the International Missions Coordinator at Faith Family Church in Victoria, also has um, a, an amazing small business, uh, I think taking care of every lawn in Victoria County. Scott Bauer. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate uh, you having me on today. Awesome, Scott. And then last but not least, Bianca Gracia, who has been involved in grassroots politics for the last four years. Um, she leads a grassroots uh, organization for Hispanics and then also um, was the um, Latino coordinator for one of our major political parties in Texas and also uh, is the leader of Blexit right now for a little while, um, which is a movement of African-Americans moving away from the Democratic Party. So. Um, Bianca, greet everybody. Well, good morning, buddy. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here with all of y'all. Blessings. Super excited to start this conversation. So we get this, we don't have enough time, a lot of times in church services to talk about um, numbers. So we want to kind of break down um, and get, I want to just get y'all's wisdom on, you know, working with dif different communities, how voting patterns are affected. Um, so let's just dive into it. As a disclaimer, Christians Engage is a nonpartisan, nonprofit ministry serving all Texans and ministering to all Texans. Our heart is to engage the church to pray, to vote in every election, and to engage our heart with a culture. And um, we believe God calls people into all political parties to impact change. 
Um, so we are super, super excited about talking about this. So Scott, let's just break it open here. You are kind of a reluctant person to get into politics, but have been paying attention for a while. Um, as an average, you know, ordinary American Christian in a church, working at a church, leading a small business, give us a little bit of your perspective about Christians voting. Well, we've reached such a critical time in our nation right now that I feel like uh, what got me more involved and more vocal in this area is I still, as y'all do, and probably your listeners do as well, believe that the church is the hope of the world. Um, we have the answer. We have the light. We have we are called to be salt and light. And so, but sadly, in the political sphere of our society, the church, and you can see this through statistics, they've just slowly, gradually become not involved and become almost, again, when you bring up politics, uh, it just becomes that bad subject that gets everybody riled up. And so because of that, they've, you know, they've retreated, they've become apathetic and um, by the millions, uh, not just one or two, but it's become such an issue that, you know, we that have the light and have the answer to bring on change, good change, uh, are the ones that are just drawn back and not being involved. And so once you start seeing those statistics and realizing and seeing kind of what's taken place just in the last decade with our nation, uh, it's time if the church doesn't rise up now, if we don't have an answer now to vote our values, vote, uh, you know, biblically, then sadly, you know, what are we going to leave for our children and our children's children? And so that's really what's kind of motivated me. I think a lot of that was brought to light when Michael Cloud, uh, my good friend, you know, ran for Congress. It's just such an amazing God story there. But I started seeing how much of the church was really, because you're dealing with just an amazing, you know, believer, man of God does his best and all of that integrity. I mean, all these things he's known for. And then so much of the church was just kind of like, oh, that's cool, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't understand what we have here. That's really what opened my eyes to the church's take. Not that, I'm not saying that, you know, well, I am saying that something needs to change, but um, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying it's time for us to, to really move to action. So I hope I answered that a little bit, Bunny. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Scott. Um, so in national numbers, about 20, 24 million people that identify as being evangelical born-again Christians are not even registered to vote. Okay, let's throw that out. Then we've got about uh, 25 million that are registered that don't vote, that identify as born-again Christians. So that, again, those numbers are very close, but they're um, the reality. So break that down for us in percentages, Scott, um, of you know how many Christians are registered to vote, or not, how many actually vote, and how many vote biblical values? Well, in America today, um, statistics show that over 100 million of us as Americans claim to be born again. So we're not talking, you know, that's what they claim themselves to be. So they understand about the cross, they understand salvation, they understand the Bible as the word of God, all of those things. Sadly, we're seeing through research, uh, I think Barner just did a study saying that only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview right now. And only 20% of evangelicals are living with a biblical worldview. So the road ahead is not easy, but that still leaves 
millions of people that are just, they, they, they're living for God. They love God. They love their kids. They love their family, but yet they're still, for whatever reason, not engaged in politics. And so we really got to change that narrative, change that mindset that if they don't get involved, who will? What, what's the answer? And, and we're seeing some of the fruit of that. So if we just change that a few degrees, people, if we just move that needle by four or five million votes that are unaccounted for right now or people that haven't shown up or even registered, because you're looking again, 25% uh, of the church is kind of what we're looking at that just has said, no, nah, I don't do that and isn't even registered to vote. So um, if we can just move that needle just a little bit, we're talking millions of votes that would come in that are biblically based. And that's what we're asking for. That's what we're helping to, to make happen. That's good. So 25% of the church nationally, not even registered to vote out of that uh, group that is registered to vote only 50% vote in general elections. So we're talking presidential years. And then when we get into voting in city elections, it's even worse. Uh, nationally, about 65 uh, million Christians do not vote in local elections. So how that breaks down in Texas, as I like to say in churches, if you vote in every election, start voting for your general election, primaries, constitutional amendment elections, and your city elections, you're now in the top 2% of all Texans. In most urban areas of Texas, it's like one and a half, 1.2% of people vote in their local city elections. So I'm gonna turn this over to my friend, Jamie McCain, to break down local elections for us, Jamie, and talk about people of faith and how we can make an impact, impact in local elections. Thank you, Bunny. I'll try to contain my excitement as I get to talk about getting involved in local elections. I um, love get, encouraging people in any city that they can make a complete difference and change their city in the course of their city if they will simply commit to vote and then even commit to serve. Um, and I think statistics are, like you just said, it's many times it's only 1%. Our city recently went through an election, the largest election in 22 years, a, a huge slate of candidates, the biggest decisions ever, and we had less than 10% voter turnout in the whole city. And this is with, I think there were 15 candidates in our small city working hard, hitting the pavement, and yet people simply don't seem to care. The, the interesting thing with that is many times a handful of voters can flip an election which when we're not encouraging people to get out there and vote, vote biblical values, then anyone can come in with a value system and with a very small number of people change the leadership structure, change the whole trajectory of, of that city just in a whole single election cycle. And, um, and I think that when we do get people to the polls on the local level, even if they're voting for someone because they were on the PTA with that person or because they, you know, or that person, they know them from church. You're also, they're also going to the polls to make biblical value-based decisions on all levels. And so some folks may go to the polls to make a national decision, but maybe they're, and then hopefully we need them to be informed about the local opportunities they can make at that moment as well. And on the other side, if they're only going for a local reason, this is that moment to say you can actually vote biblical values on every single level that's there. But I think local has a number of challenges. Many people that get involved locally 
don't know how to be a politician. They don't know how to start. They don't know how to create good content and um, they don't have the funding maybe that they need to um, or the experience. And then many times people don't want, they perceive politics as being somewhere they have to be nasty. They have to be counter to the, the value systems they live by. I was recently working with a lady who's running and someone said, you have to do all this smear campaign against your opponent. And, and she said, I just don't want to do that. That's against what I read as biblical values. And so the opponent is not going to have any problem doing things against her. But, but the challenges that are there and the need for the body of Christ to support these local endeavors, because that might one day be someone who's willing to go on a county level or a state level or a national level and, and, and get involved in that moment. That's so good. What a good point about we have to develop leadership from the school board, from the city um, level. Um, you know, people don't just get to Congress very often, like Congressman Michael Cloud, where he's just a, a, a political party uh, chairman and then runs for Congress. That doesn't happen very often. So we have to develop leadership on the local level. You know, I use the statistics of my city in Garland, um, our last mayoral election that was contested. A few years ago, we have 250,000 people in our city, um, only 5,400 people voted. Um, so that was 1.2% of the population in a city, um, you know, where one church really in reality could have taken that election um, with three candidates in it. So even within city elections, um, even though they're nonpartisan and we, you know, it's hard to tell what people stand for, you can research their leadership ability research um, kind of who they align with, research who's endorsing them. You can get some clues of, of where those people are and really, you know, can, uh, if you go in and research, you're going to be a hundred percent above everybody else, <laughs> right? When it comes to those. And, and I, we really believe that God will give you wisdom and discernment on who to vote for. Also listen to them. If you have an opportunity to go to a forum or you know, meet them or hear them speak, um, you can really pray and ask the Lord for wisdom on whether they're the right person for you to vote for. So Jamie, we've had many experiences where people have only won by a couple votes. Give us a couple examples, more examples of that. Um, I know in the election that I just recently went through, it was, a, it was a mayoral election, first change of mayor in 22 years in our city. And it came down to 66 votes which meant literally had I door knocked one more neighborhood, one more time, 66 votes. And you think about what size Sunday school class is out there or what person knew uh, you know, their, their softball team and different things like that and did the follow through to say, you know, did you vote? Did you go to the polls? Um, I know another person that lost literally by less than 10 votes. And, and it's over. When it's over, it's over. And the, and the woulda, coulda, shouldas are, are gone. I, I think as believers, we want to make a difference. We want to say, I actually affected the course of a, of, a, of a whole community. And that can happen by the numbers. You can literally, I at one point in one of our elections, every 10 people was a point in the polls. And so I would just say, go 10 people. That's all I need from you is 10 people. And it could potentially make a percentage point in the polls in that moment. Yeah, we had a, a mayor in Kaufman that won by 500, it was 750 votes to 749 votes. <laughs> Can you imagine one vote? Uh, I used to call him the one vote mayor. Every time I talked to him, I, he, I always invited him to free stuff and he's like, hey, one vote mayor. 
I mean, the reality is that stuff happens. I mean, we had a congressional race in Texas 23 in the primary this year that was decided by, you know, I think less than 50 votes, you know, in a multiple county uh, congressional district in 2020 and also a state rep race that was decided by about 15 to 20 votes. So the reality is it's it can be really close. And when we're looking at presidential elections, we think our vote doesn't count. Believe me, it does. It does. And especially when you live in battleground states. Um, but even now with uh, the divisions in the urban areas and rural areas, every vote matters as it relates to all of our candidates down the ballot. So let's talk about um, communities. So Dorothy, let's talk about the African-American community specifically. Um, you have been involved politically for a long, long time, kind of grew up in it. Give us a little bit of your background and, and, and any insights you want to share to start us off. Thank you for asking. Um, yes, I have been involved for a very long time. From a little girl, my dad used to drag us to do whatever he was doing, and he was a uh, precinct chair, and so it meant we... Uh, went to meetings, long meetings that were very boring, and we uh, made phone calls to remind people to go to the polls to vote. And um, I learned at a very early age that if you'll just have one little talking point and repeat it a thousand times, that it'll, it'll be easier. So when you come alongside your parents, um, uh, you learn values and you don't even know it. Um, as far as the African-American uh, community, uh, I did live in a predominantly, well, exclusively African-American community uh, at the time that I grew up and um, I went to all-black all high school. Uh, I saw my dad uh, stand up in, in our church and talk about politics and I saw the repercussions. People didn't like it even back then, but I saw him stand um, and he had a voice. And so I didn't even realize it that I started emulating what he was doing. Yeah. That's really powerful. The, um, the idea of legacy that we can leave for our children as we establish them in good civic uh, duties and realizing we can teach them to pray for our elected officials and government leaders. We can teach them to learn to vote and how we vote and why that's important and, and engaging in the culture. Um, we can um, teach them that that is important for all of us as believers. Exactly. So Dorothy, um, give us a little breakdown on, you know, African-American voting patterns. I know certain parties like to say they're all in for, for them. Um, we do believe here at Christians Engage that parties matter because parties represent values and principles, right? Exactly. So talk a little bit about that um, and encourage people in that realm. Yeah, my, my dad would be considered a member of a liberal party to, uh, back then, but his values were conservative. And I think that's really one of the uh, issues that that we see uh, in in the uh, African American community in that we have a dichotomy between our values and um, 
of the parties that predominantly, I mean, uh, when I say predominantly, I mean like 80, 90%. Um, but there are changes and there are changes because um, when values become clear, then even if it costs you something, you, you, it's very difficult to go against that. The pull of Christian values, uh, the pull of voting um, uh, against things when it becomes very, very clear. If you're talking about uh, uh, the uh, viable, a viable, a baby, and if you're talking about uh, uh, whether or not businesses can can thrive in certain economies, then it becomes very clear what your decision is. And then you have to make that giant leap. And it is a big leap. And I think that my conservative friends need to know what it costs to make a leap uh, into voting your conservative values. Uh, because oftentimes you are going against what your family uh, will be voting. So you can't sit around the, the dining table uh, on holidays and talk about politics because very easily it can cost you something. People literally will cut you off uh, and they will curse you out and they will write nasty things. So those are things you have to ask yourself, am I willing to pay the price. And so uh, I was talking to a group and I said that it really is very much like deciding to get on the altar and say, burn me. <laughs> because it's going to cost something, but you have to be willing to pay that price for the sake of your values. Wow, that's really powerful. I mean, the Bible trumps everything else. And, and that is what we're trying to emphasize with Christians Engage, that at the end of the day, we need to be politically educated enough to know what the parties stand for. You know, um, I know that a lot of people pick uh, voting um, and pick candidates based on kitchen cabinet issues, education, um, their, their, the economy, those kind of things. And those are important. Um, we need to allow our children to have the freedom to get the best education that they they need, right? In flagrant communities, a lot of times. So we, but we need to research all of the issues and what the parties stand for and what the candidates stand for. And even out of their own mouth on their websites, they will tell you a lot of what they believe. And so if we do nothing else but read their websites, you're already 90% above everybody else when you go to the polls. Um, by just printing off your ballot and reading the websites of the candidates. So with that, let's go to, thank you, Dorothy. That was amazing. We'll come back to you. Um, Bianca, talk to us about uh, Latino vote growing in Texas exponentially. Um, we actually launched a Spanish version of our Christians Engage website, our Spanish version of our pledge. Talk to us about the Latino vote and voting patterns. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bunny. I think it's an important issue right now. Um, you know, I, I was a, a pretty uh, stunned um, when I worked for the political party that I did. And um, my role was to uh, a Hispanic engage, you know, that's that was my role is 
going into the community and, and having the conversations. And I was stunned um, to find out that um, the particular party hadn't really done a very good job of, of engaging in the Hispanic community. Um, and more appalled with the fact that um, our Hispanic evangelicals were voting against the very principles they preach on at the pulpit. Um, I think it was a very shocking thing for them as well, which um, obviously was uh, a rude awakening, I think, for all of our community um, to find out that they, you know, when you say they're not involved in politics, the average person out there doesn't really know what's going on, doesn't really know um you know when you say hey if the church would vote they would be in the top two percent that tells you the average voter does not know what's going on and so you know um traditionally they have been looking at people um and uh whether they sided with one party or the other obviously the majority of the conversation was that they really did not know the value system they were supposed to be voting for. So I think in the last four years, the dynamics have changed. Uh, we have shed a lot of light. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, my message to our Hispanic evangelicals was, I, I'm not, you know, what, even if I was in the role, when I was in the role of the party uh, platform, I told my, my job was never to come in here to tell you, you have to vote one party or another my job was in here to tell you that you are to uphold the very thing you preach at the pulpit that's that's it's up to you you have to as a leader of your community um you um are obligated to research um you know and to know exactly what you're voting for and what your congregation's voting for um, but I think that they were very much also in fear. They have been told for decades that the church doesn't belong in politics. So they themselves have been under that blanket of we will lose our nonprofit status if we get involved in politics. As you know, in the current uh, climate right now with the administration, they have made huge strides to um, kind of rip that Band-Aid off and letting the church know that they have a voice and they should be using their voice. Um, and so it's, it's, um, it's amazing, I think, to look back, you know, I have pastors calling me right now and, um, and, you know, it's like this, it's a sense of urgency is going on right now in our communities. And so my advice to them is pull up your ballot um, start looking at the names, exactly, go to the websites, go and find out who is standing for what, um, the very thing that we must fight for, um, you know, uh, life issue, uh, family issues, um, you know, things that matter to the Hispanic community, education, uh, jobs, you know, who is uh, promoting those things that are at the core of our culture. Um, who is standing by them, uh, who is fighting for you. Um, you need to go back, look at voting records if you need to. Those are easy and accessible. Um, and our church didn't really know how to do that. So we're giving them resources. Um, you know, now this day and age, they can literally Google anything, um, you know. So I'm like, you can find almost anything if you just Google it. It's really not that difficult. 
So um, my my goal was um, to to tell our Hispanics um, find a leader, find an elder, you know, in your church, um, give them that task. And and this where where Christians engage fits because they say, well, what's Christians engage? Well, we're asking for you to pray with us every Monday at five fifty five, and we're asking you to vote in every election and educate yourself to vote in every election. We're not telling you how, we're telling you to vote. And third is to engage. And this engagement is really uh, really uh, powerful because that is where we, we can talk with the pastors and say, listen, we know you all already are very, very busy. Pastors are extremely busy. Um, and, and so we, my thing is find a leader in your church the one that gets things done and task them with saying, hey, as a church, we must move at the body of Christ and we must meet, now be engaged in the political system, in the arts system, in the uh, education system, in every um, aspect of a seven spheres that influence the way the world thinks, we must now engage. And so task that person with that duty to say, hey, pastor, um, I went and I researched, I went and pulled up the ballot. I did a couple of, you know, digging around. And um, this is where I feel that our church, you know, needs to be. And then pastor, you follow it up. And, um, and, and so they're so funny because then they call me back and they're like, so, okay, now you tell us what to do. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not our responsibility. Our you guys responsibility need to, is to research. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to look, look, I can, I can, you know, um, I can give you a nod and whether you're, you know, in something, but I, I, it's not my obligation. I'm like, I, I'm obligated to come and tell you that you as a church, um, and it's tough to swallow. When I first went in, I'm like, you guys are not doing your job. So if you look around your community and you wonder why you have prostitution walking around, drug dealers walking around, if you realize why you know there's human trafficking running rampant in your uh, community, um, if you're wondering why um, your neighbor down the street just can't prosper and they've been living in the same situation for a decade, there's something wrong with that picture. You know, there's suicides going on. I mean, the pastors deal with a lot of stuff, marital issues and problems. I mean, they're counselors. Right. And I'm like, look around your community and wonder where is it that we as a church have failed? Where did we fail? Because this is not what the Bible tells us our life is supposed to be. God is so fulfilled, but wants to fulfill us with so many blessings. But if we are not, as a body of Christ moving within our community and we're not influencing and we're not preaching and we're not sharing the word of that there is hope and faith and everything that the Lord promises, then exactly, you know, what's happening because it's beautiful to go into these churches and it's wonderful and powerful to see the, the Holy spirit, you know, in, in, in just flaming in into the four walls. But I'm like, what good does it do you is the minute you walk out the four walls and the whole community around you is crumbling. Does this you know, good. This and is why so, Bianca's last. Cause it's like fire, right? That's, that's <laughs> it. That's, that's, that's it. So our community, I think, is 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 pivoting. I think we're going to see a massive change, um, and I'm very proud of them because the one last message that I always told them is, 
that no matter what, and you know, even within Blexit, uh, you know, uh, you know, we we want people to become free thinkers, not party affiliated, but free thinkers. Um, you know, and, and so it's very important. And one one of my message to the Hispanic community has always been, um, I don't ever want anybody to take advantage of our community and think that we are just dumb and stupid, that we cannot make good choices, that we cannot read, that we cannot research, that we can't, you know, that somebody has to come and tell us, this is what you will do. You know, um, we need to be a free uh, thinking society to make choices for ourselves. And we are not owned by anybody and we will be only um, accountable to the Lord, so Jesus, good, our Savior. So that that was has been my message, Bunny. So so good. Hope and, that has helped. And even within the Catholic Latino community, I mean, should be you know they're the most pro life group of people I know. I mean, if you go to Dallas to the March for Life, um, it's mostly the Catholic churches uh, in the Hispanic community out there putting us to shame. Uh, let me just say that putting us to shame that we're not there. So uh, the reality is the, the Hispanic Latino vote votes a lot of times values and in more so now as we've got major cultural issues um, kind of exploding upon the national scene. I think we're gonna see that in the national election like we never have before. Um, so with that, I wanna give you guys one minute to just give final thoughts now that you've, we've all given stirred up by each other. Final thoughts, uh, one minute uh, rundown and we'll close this out for everybody. Scott, go ahead and give us your one minute final thoughts. Wow, well, I think it's been a good call. I just wanted to just reiterate the importance of platforms. You know, that's what I think we saw is we're not, again, we're bipartisan or nonpartisan, whatever you wanna say, but we, we definitely want us to educate the body of Christ that they need to really get involved, get in the game. It's, it's time to get our head out of the sand and realize that if we don't, then we're just gonna see the repercussions of that, especially even at the local level. I think we see that all over the nation right now of 98% of people wishing that they would have showed up to change some local leaders. <laughs> but um, remember to, to research the platforms, they could not be more contrast than they are in this election. They are, they are just completely 180 degrees from each other. So please take the time to research the platforms that these parties are, are affiliated with and what their agenda is. To, to put on us as citizens and to our great nation, and even to the church. Uh, look and see what they wanna do to help believers and to help people of faith. And uh, I think you'll be shocked at, at what agendas are out there right now. And just vote your conscience and vote uh, the way the Holy Spirit is leading you to. That's so good. We can't vote personalities, we gotta vote values. And you can print off uh, the Republican National Convention's platform on their website. You can print off the Democrat platform on their website. And I, we encourage people in our political activism class to circle what they believe and see where they align. Um, also, you can do that in Texas at the Texas Republican Party's website and the Democratic Republican Party's website. Um, Jamie, final thoughts on everything you love and thank you for running you know those of us that have run for office and slightly lost um it is hard to get over but you know thank you for putting yourself out there 
I can tell you, I really enjoy winning too. And so the only way to do that is just to get back out there and do it again. It's a lot of fun. So I have been so challenged and encouraged today not to miss any single opportunity, whether it is, uh, Miss Dorothy, like you said, it's a father imparting to their children a value system for staying involved. Or like Bianca said, we just talked about, you know, having those conversations with church leaders and pastors and everything and Scott supporting a friend and being in that being that moment, not passing up any opportunity to move the needle because you don't know when that one conversation tips the scale either in a person's heart and ignites them to become passionate and go further than we would ever go or whether it tips the scale and you're the one number that that makes a one vote mayor you could be the person that made a one vote mayor in a whole community and so uh, i know for me i'm just challenged everywhere i go everything i do to have those conversations to take those extra hours a day to walk that neighborhood one more time and to know that we're only a one election cycle from making a change or one election cycle from being um, victims to changes that have been made and and, the, and that choice is going to be in our hands every day. So thank you, Bunny, for this opportunity. Thank you, Jamie, for being with us. We really appreciate all these amazing board members uh, joining with us around the state. Uh, Dorothy, final thoughts. Um, I was thinking um, in my family, if we have someone coming over or we have a holiday up, uh, Every member of the family is engaged in preparing the house or going shopping or whatever. It's an all, everybody on deck. Everybody has an assignment. Um, this is the time when we in our country, it's a very critical time. So everybody, everybody has an assignment, whether it's for the first time becoming a precinct chair or running for office, or passing out literature, or praying, or uh, offering neighbors uh, a lift to the to the polls, whatever it is, um, and it, there's no excuse for if as long as you're 17 in 10 months, or you are still uh, able to to put your your your. Uh, ballot into a box and you're 90 or 100, you know, whatever the range is, there is an assignment for each one of us. And so I've known a 19-year-old who ran for the uh, school board here in Garland. And I have known 70-year-old um, people who have done things. So uh, it's possible we have to get out there and uh, it really doesn't matter about how we feel. Our feelings have nothing to do with it when the lives of our children and grandchildren is on, they're on the line. So we have to get up and whether it's getting out of a nursing home or getting out of a, you know, uh, drinking beer when you're 17 and 19 years old, we have to just be on deck. So good. It's time for, our, you know, it's the older generation that's voting in every election. They're the ones voting in primaries. Uh, when I was running for Congress, I we were marketing to mostly everybody that was 65 years and older. And it's time for the younger generation for us to take up the mantle. I'm young, right? For us to take up the mantle and get to work um, to protect America. So Bianca, we got about 30 seconds left. Give us your final thoughts. So, oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Um, 30 seconds. Well, I just wanted to let everyone know that's watching that no matter what 
the situation is, no matter what you've uh, choices you've made in the past, the God loves you. At the end of the day, our God is so merciful and he has so full of grace. So no matter any, you know, any situation that you're in, um, know that you are, can always be forgiven. Um, be uh, engaged, um, you know, start, if you feel like you just need to start new at some point, just repent, ask for repentance and just say, God, take me by the hand and lead me. The Lord loves you. Christians Engage is here for you. If you have any questions, you know, just send us a message, send Bunny a message. Let us know how we can come into your community, into your congregation, and just have a conversation about why Christians should be engaged. That's my message. That is the story of redemption, and that's what the gospel is all about. And so at the end of the day, we're here to uh, believe God that he's going to change hearts and minds and worldviews, and that's going to what is going to really impact America is changed hearts uh, based on hanging out with Jesus, right? So with that, our fi my final pitch is we have a tool called our pledge that we're here to help you pray, vote, and engage. If you haven't built a habit of voting in every election, we wanna help remind you. We're all very, very busy people. And we wanna get you the tools at each election to be educated on know what to do with your ballot. So take the pledge. You can go to our website, christiansengage.org. Click the page, it says take the pledge and sign up for the notifications to pray with us via text on Mondays at 5.55 to vote in every election and to engage in some sort of political education and activism. Um, we will send you emails only once or twice a month to really impact your heart with all of our resources and everything we're developing to help you fulfill the call of God on your life as it relates to these issues. Um, you can also text 484848 on your phone, uh, 484848, three of those and then type the word engage without the D. And that will also, that link will show up on your phone and you can take that pledge and join the army of Christians that are praying, voting and engaging around Texas. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Bianca, Scott, Jamie, Dorothy. Uh, this is just a little sample of our board of directors around the state of Texas for Christians Engaged. We love you, we thank you and thank you for taking the time to listen to this and share this with others. Blessings. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of Christians Engaged. We are a nonpartisan nonprofit that exists to awaken, motivate, and educate ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation regularly, vote in every election, and engage our hearts in some form of political activism. To learn more about us, please visit our website at christiansengaged.org. That's christiansengaged.org.